Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, I'm I'm shocked. I, for one, am shocked. I thought Bob Woodward and Donald Trump were friends. I thought Woodward was going to be nice to the president. <sighs> Turns out just another enemy of the people, enemy of the president. But that's all Trump's fault. That ain't Woodward's fault. We knew he, what he was. Trump thought he could charm him. Trump thought he could win him over. Could be the dumbest Dumbest thought the president's had. We will uh, recap that, discuss that with our friend Alex Rima. Also, sports is back. Sports is back for real because football is back tonight. Brady and the Patriots are all back on Sunday. And we're wondering just how uh, how many guys are going to kneel, how many guys are going to use this opportunity to uh, advance their social justice agenda kind of like the NBA, and will it affect the ratings? Will it affect the popularity of the the national pastime? Um, Nick Cannon's back. No big deal. He's back at work. But this poor guy in Charlotte has been canceled forever for a typo. We'll tell you all about that uh, on today's Callahan podcast, brought to you, as always, by Digital Federal Credit Union. You love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. Hi, Conan. Let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. So a little inside uh, inside the Callahan Podcast insight. Um, I don't know what it was. A month ago or so, Dave Cullinane, uh, my producer, was, um, maybe it was two months ago, he was hot on the trail of Donald J. Trump. He said, I feel, you know, we had a connection with the campaign. We had some people in there that uh, knew you know, knew we uh, had a huge audience out there, knew they could have an impact if they came on. And so he said, I think I might get, uh, stand by, I might get the president. I might get him. And it was, uh, I think, a Thursday or Friday, and I was started to, you know, jot down some questions I might want to ask him. I mean, I've interviewed interviewed him before. We had him on the uh, radio station during the New Hampshire uh, primaries back when. I still have that. We still have that recording, by the way, if we want to play it sometime. You should. uh, John Dennis and... And, and 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 others were interviewing uh, the president. It went well. We talked about uh, Brady and the Patriots and that kind of stuff. But this was only a few weeks ago. And I said, the first question, the, the, the one question that I will, whenever I interview the president, this is what I'm going to start with. This is what I want. I genuinely want to know. I genuinely want to understand. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. I want to start with this. Why? Please help me out here. Why do you want, why do you need the approval, the affection, the love of the mainstream media? Why do you want people like Bob Woodward to like you? Why don't you understand? This is another well, question. Well, first of all, if I can, want, why if don't you, you understand that they hate you? Can't you just accept the fact that they hate you? Why do you need their approval? If he, good question? if he didn't think like that, then I wouldn't even had a a, a chance of getting him on this show. Well, you think and, I hate him? I don't hate him. No, I mean, but I mean, like, just the fact he's so addicted to press and coverage. I mean, they wouldn't even bother. But they. Well, were, I mean, I understand why he was on. I understand why he was on with Hannity last night. I understand why he goes on Fox and Friends. 
I don't understand for the life of me why he would sit down for 18 hours with Bob Woodward. I think uh, I think Reamer and I will agree on this, and I'll agree with all my, my Trump-hating friends on this. It's it's a flaw in his character. He's It's an insecurity where he thinks, uh, I guess it's probably an overconfidence. He thinks when he sits down, he's going to be the one Republican president who charms Bob Woodward, and 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 Bob Woodward will not write a, a a a negative word about him. That's what he thinks, and to me, it's utter insanity to think Bob Woodward is suddenly going to like you, Donald Trump. There's no chance, as we will soon learn when this book comes out, or we'll learn Sunday when the tapes come out on 60 Minutes. It was always a setup. It was always going to be a hit job. Why can't Donald Trump understand that? I can't believe that our president basically confesses to mass murder. And your big takeaway is that he talked to Bob Woodward. I mean, really? And he did this, he did this to himself. How did Bob Woodward frame Trump here? Those are his tapes, his voice. How did Bob Woodward frame Trump? I didn't Trump, say frame. Trump incriminated it. himself. Of course, uh, of course, I'm agreeing with you, Alex. First of all, there's nothing on those tapes that's incriminating. What? There's nothing, there's As nothing I said, Jerry, on, he admitted no, he is a he is a mass murderer, Donald Trump. He, okay, now you're losing. You know, we just started this podcast, and you're going off the rails. <laughs> I would think mass murderer yes. already. And and I was hoping to see this this morning, and I did. It was on Fox, of course. Uh, I also watched the Morning Joe this morning, and it's just one. Witness, I mean, one, what do they think? They think the one, uh, <laughs> one interview after another from these crazy lefties who, who agree with you that he committed mass murder. Like who, Joe, like his, his, Joe Scarborough? His, his, uh, some guy, Joe Madison, a syndicated uh, radio guy or a serious radio guy, and then a bunch of, you know, uh, academics and, you know, just all the usual, you know, at any minute now, Noam Chomsky will be on there. Or I like Howard's, is, are they still? Is Howard Zinn still alive? Yeah, I don't know, but I read I read his book in high school. Howard Zinn. Oh, of course you did. We all did. We had to. That's that was the you know the white fragility of the of our time. It was. It was. Uh, but it was, but it, was, it, was, it was. It's a pretty good read though. White fragility is a terrible read. I, I saw. I talked to a guy who was trying to read it because he works for a college and they they had him read it. They said you have Apple. to read this. And he and I, it was on the beach and he's reading. I go, what the hell are you reading that for? He goes, I have to for work. He goes, it's the worst written book I've it's ever read. The worst read. book, Matt and, Taibbi. And then, who, I don't know if you know Matt Taibbi. Well, right? I used to, um, that's how times have changed. I used to hate Matt Taibbi. Yeah, and now I, he's one of my favorites. It's bizarre. It's like Bill Maher. I, I've come around on Bill Maher because he's you know he, he hates Trump, of course, but he's a good you know guardian at the gate in this cancel culture war, but. You know, Matt Taibbi, did he review White Fragility? Yeah, it's very gonna... funny. I'll send it to you. Yes, it was a funny review. I, he's, he's he's pretty good on Twitter. But see, we're going to agree that Trump was absolutely foolish to sit down and think he could charm Bob Woodward. Oh. We're going to disagree about the content, Alex. There's nothing in there that changes anybody's mind. No, nothing. I, I... Well, I mean, no, but I mean, it is pretty shocking that Trump, by the way, sounded more lucid in those tapes than I think he's ever sounded. And the fact that in February, he knew that this could be transmitted through the air and then kept saying it would go away like that. I mean, come on, Jerry. But that's just Trump. You know, I mean, you knew at the time that he was trying to downplay. You knew at the time that he was going to take this positive outlook that we'll have a, he said just what, a couple of weeks ago, we'll have a vaccine by, you know, by election day. <laughs> he's such a positive guy. Is he not? I That's, mean, he's always going to do positivity. that. But, but there's nothing on those tapes that at least we've heard so far 
that's going to change anybody's mind. Nothing on there. I mean, especially when you uh, when you see it, hear it, and then you see this montage of of Democrats, and he was way ahead of the curve from the Dem. I mean, Biden can't go out there and say that he he knew this was going to be bad, and he warned the president. Biden was the worst. Biden was out there calling the president a xenophobe. He was saying. It was not a big deal. Then you have all the usual subjects, one after another. You know, Nancy Pelosi saying, come to Chinatown. Don't worry about it. You have, um, you know, Ad- Anderson Cooper and, and and Chris Cuomo and these other hardcore Democrats saying it's not a big deal. They can't say they warned him and he ignored the warnings. By the way, you want to hear something that's just amazing to me right now? You're a big Tony Fauci guy, right? You're a big Dr. Fauci guy. Not really, I, but go ahead. I used to be, but he is the patron saint of the of the uh, team lockdown, team yes. apocalypse. Yes, he's our man. We love him. March, yeah. you can get this, Colony. March 9th. March 9th, right about the time we were locking down the country. People Good. had people had already died. You know, there was some indications that is that it was much worse than we thought. March 9th, Tony Fauci said. You can, if you if you book the cruise, don't worry about it. Go on a cruise. He said there's nothing wrong with going on a cruise on March 9th. I think if you're a healthy young person, that there is no reason if you want to go on a cruise ship to go on a cruise ship. This was, you know, whatever a f- couple of weeks after Ow. Trump talked to Woodward. So, uh, and Fauci's defending essentially defending Trump now because he knows that everybody felt the way Trump did. Nobody thought it was going to you know, uh, result in whatever. I'm looking at the ticker on MSNBC. That's how much they're rooting for the virus. They have a ticker with the death toll on the, on, you know, on the screen all day. Yeah, God forbid they you know, tell the news. Does that seem like a, that they're you know, looking at the uh, – uh, considering the actual – human life or does that seem like they're rooting for this because it's going to hurt trump oh of course i mean of course they're rooting for it because it hurts trump i want to go back though quickly because i don't want to rehash the travel ban stuff with you uh woodward why does trump talk to bob woodward 18 times over a span of like seven months because he thinks it's cool i mean i mean that's what it comes down to he thinks it's cool even though he's the president of the united states he gets a kick out of talking to Bob Woodward. He gets a kick out of being on the cover of the New York Times. I bet he saves every front page he's been on and of the New York Times. He loves it. That's why he it loves is, it. Uh, it is incredible. And he thinks, for some bizarre reason, that this time will be different. That he knows that Woodward's written dozens of books uh, attacking, criticizing uh, Republicans. Uh, and others. Uh, and he thinks this time, you know, Bob, you know, Bob and I, we're hitting it off and, you know, find some common ground. This time will be different, which is insane. He, at the same time, the guy calls the media the enemy of the people. The guy calls. He loves the, you know, he loves the media, though. This, you know that. I mean, this is the Washington Post we're talking about, correct? I realize Woodward is kind of his own entity out there and he writes books and he makes a fortune. And, but he's essentially uh, a Washington Post 
uh, guy, right? I mean, he's I mean a but, yeah. I mean, but nobody loves the media more than Donald Trump. I mean, he does sit down interviews with the New York Times all the time in the Oval Office, and he, it, he really, it, it, I mean, he he loves he loves the media, Jerry. You know that he he loves it. He can't get enough, and he thinks that these interviews went well. I mean, he thinks that he always does great. I mean, I was reading something that that terrible Axios interview with that Australian guy, Jonathan Swan. Trump right. tells aides that he thinks that was a great interview too. Like he he thinks he does great at all these. His and I'm, I'm looking at. Um, uh, interview with Kirk, uh, Kirk, uh, Claire McCaskill <clears throat> from uh, Missouri, Claire McCaskill now on MSNBC, of course. And she says, this is the, this is beyond folly. This is the ultimate stupidity. He is so stupid. And he knows he did the last interview a month ago. He did the last interview. Blah, 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 blah. The book is coming out within two months of the election with tapes, 18 hours of tapes, hours and hours of tapes. This president is the stupidest president that's ever held office. This is, a Democrat, obviously, a hardcore Democrat who hates Trump, but she's just talking about the decision to talk to Woodward and give his opponents this much opposition research. Just give it to them. Here well, hold, you go. Well, hold on, though. Here's a question, though. You told me a couple minutes ago that you think nothing incriminating was said on these tapes. So, I, I, what's I the big? Think- so then, what's the big deal if we talk to Woodward if nothing bad was said? Because, A, we don't know everything yet. He's saving some for the 60 minutes and for the book. And B, they can twist it and say, look, he, he didn't, he knew people were going to die. He committed mass murder, as you just said, he which did. is insane. But if he didn't sit down with Woodward, we would be talking about, I don't know, him getting nominated for a Nobel Prize. Oh, you know, great. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would be talking about, or at least I would be talking about pulling troops out of everywhere, out of Afghanistan, out of Iraq, out of Germany, Korea, Japan, which is the best thing he could do in the next two months. Instead, he hands them the news cycle. Donald Trump hand them the news cycle and 24-7 on, you know, the usual places, MSNBC and CNN and New York Times, Boston Globe are just eating this up. I was just looking at the Globe website. I can't read this stuff because I, it's a paywall. But I get five free articles a month. It's the number five news item, you know, on the most popular news items, number five. So it's not that big a deal. Uh, what he said is not that incriminating. It's not that, uh, except if you twist it like you did. And, you know, that's what I expect from you uh, and others. You expect to look at it the, wor- the worst way possible. But there's nobody whose mind was changed from the content that we've seen so far. Nobody saying, <clears throat> oh, my God, he, he knew uh, he downplayed it. That's what he does. And he, in his explanation that he was trying to keep people from panicking is a good one. I believe the most is, is it his job, by the way? Is it his job to protect us? I mean, he's a president is just a cheerleader and it can go it can go either way. And he chose his way. And, I mean, he admits he that he says yeah, I'm a cheerleader. Well. All right. That's what he said. But I just mean, is yeah. it his job to protect us? You know what I mean? Like you said, he yes, he has blood on his hands. He killed Americans. It's not his job. Well, it's his job, though, to be truthful with the people he's elected to supposedly represent. And, I mean, he was saying as recently as early March, this thing would go – as recently as, like, May, this thing would just go away. And we find out now in early February he knew exact. I mean, that's the most surprising thing, that he actually understands the coronavirus and how it's transmitted. Well, he knew that and chose – and still chooses to lie about it, which that's is cause just – That's because Tucker Carlson drove to Mar-a-Lago. This is a big story that's never really been reported – Drove there during some kind of holiday weekend. I don't know what it was, but uh, and confronted him 
face to face and says, you got to take this seriously. Tucker Carlson did that, which is kind of strange, but that was an early March though. These Woodward tapes early were March. Early, yeah. These Woodward tapes are in early February, but here's the thing is if you were going to, and you'd have to, you'd have to be a paid ad because nobody in the media will do it except Fox. Uh, you could take his comments to Woodward and put them in a spot, an ad where he's uh, where, where Biden is saying he's a xenophobe and a racist for shutting down travel. Yeah. I mean, you could you could say, um, you know, he shut down travel from Europe and people went nuts about that. You could have all the comments. You could have de Blasio saying, come on down and, you know, eat out and go to rallies and go to parades. You could have Cuomo saying it's not a big deal. It's don't worry about it. There's so much sound of Democrats who were way behind him in terms of taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work politically, in my opinion, but I do question his judgment and I don't blame the people from saying what a fool he is for sitting down with Woodward and thinking, I mean, it's just the judgment involved here where I say he's president, he's kind of busy. There's lots of media people who would not, like to talk to him. He's not busy, though. He, yes, he, loves, he is. He's, he's, he's watching TV. Watching, and he's watching t- <laughs> uh, he's, Well, he wasn't golf. Oh, I might have been golfing at Mar-a-Lago. It was uh, the middle of winter, but... Um, and he thinks Bob Woodward is going to give him a fair shake. It ain't going to happen. Because uh, he, again, because he thinks it's so cool to be talking to Mister Watergate himself. Like, and right. he he felt bad that he didn't talk to Woodward for the last book. The last book Woodward wrote, Trump was like, "I can't believe I thought he, I didn't know he wanted to interview me." So, like, you know, have you seen uh, ever seen uh, Bernstein on TV on MSNBC? No, uh, I have. Yes, yes nobody yes. is more unhinged. We talked about Noam Chomsky and you know these nobody hates Trump more than Bernstein. And somehow he thinks Woodward is going to be different. Woodward is going to you know, like him. Well, uh, Woodward I, I can did just... do Trump a favor. Woodward sat on these tapes. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to get to that, Reamer. I was going to get to the next question here is, this is an icon to the left, an icon in the media. This is Mr. You're right, Mr. Watergate himself, Bob Woodward. He has this information in February, and he sits on it for six months to sell a book for two reasons, to hurt Trump in election season and to sell a book, you know, when summer's over and everyone's getting back to, to work, he's going to go on 60 minutes and he's going to push this book pre-election. If you had, I mean, if you're a real reporter, you have news, you have a big, big story in February, March, April, May, and you sit on it that whole time. That is disgraceful when you think about what Woodward did just for his own personal gain. He's got a huge story. He's got a media outlet, the Washington Post, that would uh, certainly love him to write this story for page one. And he says, no, I need to cash in. I mean, this guy's wealthy beyond all. Yeah. I mean, just he's one of the most successful financially, you know, one of the successful journalists ever. And he sits on the story till September Uh, or, or, you know, who knows what he's sitting on now. Maybe he'll sit on it, until October. <laughs> what's his, what's his title at the at the Post? He's a, he's an editor, isn't he? He's yeah, some sort of editor. But is it, it, he's like an unpaid editor? Isn't I think he? it might be like oh, ed- no, editor, editor, yeah. you know, emeritus. Yeah, yeah. I, I would just think there would be some kind of journalistic standard if you're going to be employed by a publication. It's one thing if he wasn't employed by them and he was just writing a book and held that information. But if you're working for a newspaper, I don't know. That seems. See, I think I think it. You know, if you're an objective observer or you know journalism professor, mm. you think this is outrageous. But if you're the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos, or anybody who works there, Philip Rucker or Bump or all these other <laughs> acts, 
you're saying good, good on Woodward because we need to inflict the most damage possible on the Trump campaign. They're okay with that. They're they're of a like mind. They want to hurt Trump. They don't care about the public or they don't care about people dying of the, the virus or the public's level of you know knowledge on the virus. They just want to hurt Trump. So I'm sure the, the Washington Post is okay with it. But if you're you're a media uh, critic, Reamer, you're you know, I used to call you the only media critic in Boston. Um, don't you find that kind of ridiculous that the guy had this huge story and just sat on it for six months? Totally ridiculous. But, you know, I, I think we, we agree, but we have different reads on it. Like, I think it's emblematic of how the Beltway presses covered Trump from the beginning. They care more about access and profit over actually, you know, delivering the truth. And well, no, I mean, I mean, they want to hurt Trump, but you're right. I mean, in this case, this is the best way to do it. Wait for the election season. See, but uh, I disagree, though. This could have I mean, he had this information in real time where Trump again in late February is at the CDC in Atlanta saying this is going to go away. It's not a big deal. It's like the flu. And then Woodward has tapes of Trump literally contradicting himself, saying this is not the strenuous flu. This is much more deadly. And he doesn't, re- if he released the tapes, then I think it could have really changed. I don't know how much it would have changed, but it, yeah, it's totally irrelevant. That's not, that's not objectively false. It's not as bad as the flu for kids, you know, for. Yeah, but Trump teenagers. himself said, though, it's much worse. It's much worse for older yeah. folks or obese people, as we've talked about incessantly. And we'll get to the, to the airline that kicked a 19-month-old baby off a flight. Good. Well, got to mask because... up, eh? right? It's dangerous. <laughs> and I, I wrote how ridiculous that was. And, and one of the respondents on Twitter it made me laugh out. I said, yeah, I bet you wouldn't dare sit next to that baby. And I'm going, what? You think yeah. I wouldn't sit next to a baby that didn't have a mask on? I wouldn't sit oh. next to a baby anyway, mask or no I mean, mask. I don't want to sit next to a no. baby, but you think – a 19-month-old baby, like in his mother's yes. arms, is going to give you is going to give you coronavirus. Yeah, that's yes. stupid. Very but, dangerous. <laughs> brutal. We still don't know. I mean, I don't want to get into mask talk, but I still read every day medical experts, doctors saying it doesn't help. The, you know, the cloth mask doesn't work. The one with the vent doesn't work. It's worse than having no mask. Right. Having a mask, having a mask endangers you for other. Uh, illnesses because it traps the germs and there's still no definitive word on whether masks work or not but no i think no they were lunatics these lunatics that you know will punch you in the face as we see on some of these uh you know uh, videos on twitter if you don't have your mask on at the grocery store it's just mad i mean you see that apple just made uh their own mask for just their employees the people that worked and created the ipad and the iphone made a mask for just their employees. Did you see this? Is it, like the, is it the eye mask? What is, is it? I don't, yeah, I don't know what they're calling it. And you get like your calls on it and texts. That, 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 that's the next thing that's coming in I have late a blue, age I have capitalism. A blue, I have a Blue Lives Matter mask, which I'm hoping to wear somewhere. No, you don't. Offend somebody. See, yes. Do you really? Yes, I can. Why? That's so, yeah, wear, put it on for the for the TV. Put uh, it on for, yeah, for the TV. Right, give me one second. You're going to get knocked out like that guy in uh, Pittsfield, right? Wasn't that did, the guy? The, do you think for the fans would would like this the Blue Lives Matter mask, Dave? Are we gonna can we televise uh, this? Kind I don't know of if we're thing? televised tonight. By the way, I don't know. Oh, we're, we're oh, because I'm week. on. Yeah, we haven't been elevated to daily. We have to we have to prove ourselves. Apparently, so we have. Uh, to- I'll find it. Um, where did I put it? I don't know. I have. I can't. I have a, Where'd you get it? It's a little tight. Um, got it online. My my wife got it for me, and my son wanted. Well, my son wanted to get a MAGA mask. I said no. You're not wearing that around college. It's just a just a. Does, does your people. does your wife wear Blue Lives Matter mask? No, no, she okay, has good. no. She has a normal mask, but I mean, it doesn't matter. I told you this last week. One day, 
uh, there was a story about how the cloth masks, like that one, the, the blue lives matter, don't work, and they're worse than nothing. So my daughter was pointing it out to me and said, see, that mask doesn't work. And the next day, there was a story about how the masks with vents are worse than nothing, right. which is what my daughter had. So we both, in back-to-back days, learned that our masks, masks were useless, <laughs> which was just funny. I mean, you do Fine. it, you do it to, as Kirk Cousins said, you do it just so you don't upset other people. That's why you wear a mask. It doesn't have anything to do with health or uh, the, the virus. It's just well, so I, you I don't know about that. I mean, I, I do think, look, I mean, try, the president said it himself. This is through the air, Bob. I mean, you know, it's not like surfaces. This is through the air. This yes, thing. I said, Bob, I think he said through the air, Bob, old buddy, old pal. <laughs> old pal you know, you want to have dinner. You want to sit down and, you know, we'll talk about Nixon. Again. I mean, it's just so absurd. The, the Woodward thing, again, here's what I'll say on this, Reamer. It's not a scandal, but it's the first thing, uh, the first bombshell where I blame Trump. Like the, the Russia thing was totally made up. Ukraine, we, as we know, totally made up. Kavanaugh, totally made up. The right, mailbox, yeah. the mailbox thing, completely contrived, completely fabricated. My mother is still waiting for her mail. Tell her it doesn't matter. It's Massachusetts. I mean, that's the dumbest thing in the mailbox thing. They said, oh, he's stealing mailboxes in California. I pretty even Trump knows California is hopeless. So what that's why would he waste his time trying to suppress the vote in California? Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and develops for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy's created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. That comes in three great flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. That sounds interesting, pomegranate. Uh, Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes good, and it's convenient and discreet. These products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even in the gym. Uh, I got a fr- I, I know what I'm going to do. I get. I got my Lucy. My Lucy right here with me. I'm going to give it to my friend Kathleen, who's been trying to kick the habit for quite a while. Very I nice. Think, I think this is the this is the thing. This is the thing that gets her off the butts and onto Lucy. I stole some from my brother, by the way. I'm just warning you. I took some of the, cin- the cinnamon pack. Good. Be- hey, anyone he- who quits. Yeah, we're, we're ending this fight. All I, right. And I, the cinnamon was good. I tried it, by the way, just really? to try it. It was good. Yeah, well, it was it's, good. Yeah. It's 2020, people. Get rid of the cigarettes. Enough of the cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. This is for Callahan podcast listeners. Go to lucy.co, lucy.co. See promo code Callahan to get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co, C-O, and use promo code Callahan. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. This is a warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. And be sure to use the promo code Callahan. Anyway, since you're here and you're a media critic and the, the, the silliest, the single silliest scandal in the four years of Trump was the other day, obviously on Friday before Labor Day weekend, when the most obvious hit job, uh, a political hit job I've ever seen uh, broke, the Atlantic story with anonymous sources. Oh, even, even now, the, the, that idiot Goldberg, the... Uh, the Atlantic 
uh, editor who wrote the story is like admitting admitting half of it was uh, you know completely made up. Oh, when did you he know? say that? I must have missed that. Uh, he, something like that. He just oh, said, okay, he said something got, like that. Okay, they got it wrong. The thing oh. about the weather and the helicopter, th- they got it wrong. Oh, okay. But you know, you know, even you have to admit that was ridiculous. That it was thin, thin gruel. It was well, not. Well, I am a, I'm a great liberal, and like every great liberal has always done, I wake up every morning and pray to our generals because liberals have always loved generals. <laughs> and I mean, Mattis and Kelly, these are my, these are my guys. John Brennan, these these are these, my people. These are hacks. And my girl Ann Coulter, who is back on Twitter, she was banned for a few weeks. For, she was? What, what, yeah, what, what? She supported Kyle Rittenhouse's right to oh. defend himself. <laughs> okay. You're not allowed to do that. Kyle Rittenhouse, according to Twitter and Facebook, is a terrorist. I well, mean, he is. A 17-year-old kid defending himself. We have to talk, by the way, about Department of Homeland Security uh, basically uh, politicizing intelligence, Jerry, uh, saying that, that yeah, the, white su- the, wh- the white supremacist so, threat. So is- no, shut up with the white supremacist. It's true. That is so absurd. Every day we're watching Antifa scum and Black Lives Matter. I don't Lives even know Matter, what they are yet. And every day I'm seeing burn cities and, and beat people up and drink old ladies' drinks at outdoor cafes. And then they are? Tell, yeah, you didn't see that one either. You just don't want. You close your eyes to this, uh, this left-wing uh, terrorism, this, these, these radical, violent... Uh, but but I, I just want your take on the Atlantic because it was so silly and it gets even sillier. The, 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 they, they have four anonymous sources say Trump hates the military, which nobody believes. Nobody thinks that's true. It's not even a, a, a credible accusation. And nobody will go on the record and affirm it uh, or confirm it. And just the opposite. Everybody went on the record, including John Bolton, who hates Trump, said yeah. it's absurd. So even you have to admit it's absurd. Well, no, I don't think it's absurd at all because Trump has said all this stuff publicly. He has great antipathy for the military. He has great antipathy for generals. John McCain, that uh, that that Gold Star family from the campaign. I mean, Trump hates the military. He always has. The Gold Star family uh, is a political family that hates Trump. It's he has the, no res- he has no respect for for the troops or sacrifice. He's a selfish asshole. So like, I mean, of so, course, so he no respect for the troops. Uh, you can tell because he's bringing them all home and trying to not get them killed. Yeah, he's in, bringing in them all, Jerry, wars. Jerry, I, Jerry. I agree with you there. You know, Trump the dove here. But uh, listen, it, it, he, he, he's, his term is almost up. And just now he's starting to withdraw troops. It's I not mean, he's true. Only, yes, it is. It's not true. He's been withdrawing troops. No, not enough. Hasn't. Not enough, in my opinion. We uh, still have the okay, same amount of troops tell, in Iraq, basically. Tell me what wars he started. I could give you, I'll give you a list of Obama. You know, you know Obama... Uh, and uh, you know Hillary Clinton in in Libya and in other places. Tell me where what wars he started, what wars he's escalated. he sent billions of dollars in arms to Saudi Arabia for one. Uh, well, what, you know war, what wars that? Uh, they're 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 using it in their war against Yemen, the the Yemeni uh, genocide. And I mean, he's and Jerry, we have the same troop levels in Iraq and Afghanistan now as we did four years ago when he took office. Well, so, we're not. We, I, Get ready. In the next two months, it's going down. And that's the best thing you can do in, in October. Just I, I need to see it. I want it to see it. I want people. I want to see soldiers, the Marines loading up their suitcases and getting on helicopters and coming home and hugging their wives and children. Yeah, that will be a great win for Trump. And, you know, that day, that day, he'll probably sit down with Mika and Joe and do an interview and, and distract from his own successes, which is what he did this week. Uh, essentially what he did the last six months with Woodward, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, um, you know, the generals and, and, the, and the, uh, you know, the political class and Raytheon, 
they might not like the fact that we're not going to be fighting this pointless war in Afghanistan anymore. I don't care, you know, who declares victory or doesn't declare victory. It's a, it's a tomorrow is 19 years since 9-11, 19 years that we've been there next month. It's, it's just bizarre that we are in this, this, this shithole country for 19 years and anybody is against pulling up the, the, the fact that anybody, could make the case that we should stay there any longer is is so silly, so insane. I agree. I wish we weren't there. Unfortunately, until this Atlantic article came out, Trump was perfectly content with not removing a big number of troops. So this is purely this is purely him just covering up his story. I tell you, I believe everything in that Atlantic article. I mean, he no, said you this. Do not. He said this stuff publicly. Did, did he? It's guys who lost limbs or lost their lives or losers and suckers. Yeah, yeah, if, if they get captured, he, he, he said publicly, if they get captured, they're losers. I mean, he said that about one point. guy who he hates, the same guy who hates him. I mean, let's be honest. That he's he's not going to say anything nice about uh, McCain. It was stupid. He shouldn't have said it. But it was about it was a personal uh, attack on John McCain, who hated him, who uh, advanced the Russian hoax story, who was just an enemy an enemy of Trump. And you know how he handles that. He just fights back sometimes in, you know, nonsensically, but he fights back at, uh, at a guy like McCain. And I understand anyway, he doesn't hate the troops, just the opposite. He wanted to have a parade in, in 4th of July in, in DC, a military parade. Yeah. So they could honor him. And, and you know, he, he loves it. It might just be because he thinks it looks good and he thinks it's a good photo up, but he goes out of his way to support the military. Nobody believes he said those things. I mean, there and also was, the way, I mean, the way, hold on. I mean, there's that ahead. story a couple years ago where he called to that widow and said, Hey, you know, your husband, he knew what he was getting into. I mean, he, he says this kind of stuff all the time. Uh, but here's, here's, here's how, you know, and you understand this, here's how, you know, the story is a, just a, a, a naked political hit job is you don't call for the story for an on record on the record comment. You don't call John Bolton. Who was there? A and B. Who hates Trump? Why hey, John Bolton? Because John Bolton had a book to sell. Like Bob why, why he, was, he was not. Why <laughs> don't you call John Bolton for one simple reason that it might not fit the narrative? And it turns out it didn't. John Bolton would not have supported this ridiculous premise, so they didn't call him. That is not journalism, Reamer. You know that. That is just strictly, you know, uh, advancing your political agenda and. And trying to do a favor and get like Nancy Pelosi off the front page and, and, and turn the attention to Trump with this. And, and I think stuff like that backfires. I'm not sure this Woodward thing backfires, but the Atlantic thing, without a doubt, backfires. Well, yeah, I mean, because the Atlantic story, I think, ultimately doesn't matter much because, A, as I've said ad nauseum, it's stuff Trump has basically said publicly anyway. And B, I mean, like the, it, the average person is very detached from the military that they just are they they're not really so it's 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 not the, the tapes are far more damning because as we know from ray rice i mean if you have tapes whether it's video right. audio it always plays better than just words so right. i mean this woodward thing is much more damning um again because jerry like if you lost your job or you lost a, a loved one due to coronavirus like this could have been prevented with better leadership trump knew about uh, it and they well, did nothing well, how, and they still could, and they still downplay it how could he have prevented it i'm always curious you say this all the time what, what could he have done he did the travel by instituting and- by instituting a lockdown earlier and by actually 
I, there was never that's a local decision and, and no actually national well, lockdown. Having some sort of having some well there could be a national plan a national testing plan taking this seriously he never did it still doesn't do it. lockdowns don't work just the opposite lockdown places have done worse than the places that don't lock down well I, no but that's not jerry that's not true that I, mean, look, I, jerry, true. I have a lot of qualms with the how, most draconian measures were taken in new york new jersey yeah, michigan and Massachusetts, the, test rate, the place with the and, highest death rate right Right. In March and April, the hot, the, Jerry, the positive test rate in New York City has been at 1% for months. In Massachusetts, it's that's below 1%. That's Cuomo killed everybody already. Oh, okay. that's, that's <laughs> so they're, they're all dead. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, look, I, I have a lot of issues with the way that Charlie Baker, we're now going through month six of the, of the pandemic, and we're happy to talk about that. But if you're just talking about positive test rate and keeping COVID out, the strict lockdown states in the East Coast have done the best job. That that's they've there's not, no disputing that. Death is all that matters. Death rate is all that matters. It doesn't matter if some 18 year old gets the virus and he's better in three days. That doesn't matter. In fact, that's I agree. a good thing. I don't in know, fact, it's a good thing, which is why. And and people are learning this now, as you'll see. There's a uh, was a rally in Connecticut. It's not some you know Confederate state that's that thinks the virus is a hoax. Connecticut. With a crazy, you know, lockdown governor and crazy local officials all over, you know, want to arrest you for wearing a, not wearing a mask. Huge rally yesterday for high school football. Yeah. High school football. It is insane that these kids are being deprived of of football or deprived of any sport or any school. I mean, it's just political. They are political. There you go. That's Connecticut. It's happening, and and it's bad bad news for, you know, the Charlie Bakers and and Cuomo's and Ned and and uh, and uh, Murphy Phil Murphy's, because people are educated and they know that high school kids are in no danger of dying. In fact, did you see that high school kid who allegedly died of COVID, big huge lineman. Right. Two days two days later, they say actually it wasn't COVID. <laughs> it's just we've been lied to so many times the last six months, whether it's you know, masks or lockdowns or whatever, and people are sick of it. And I think it's going to get, uh, there's going to see, you're going to see more of this, more of these, you know, places where they're holding rallies and saying, why again are you deprived? Why, why again is the University of Michigan and Ohio State not playing football? Help me out. Why? Well, I care much more. I mean, I, I don't give a shit about football. I mean, I, I care much more about the fact that, you know. I do, damn it. Done. Yeah. We need to watch 18-year-olds give themselves brain damage. That's what we need to watch. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I wrote it last year for WEI. I think they should ban high school football entirely. And this was before the coronavirus. So I was ahead of the curve on oh, this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was. It's, it's child it's, abuse. It's just so. Okay. So what about, I don't know, high school soccer? Should they play high school soccer? That's no, probably- because the point of football, as you know, we're both football guys, is to smash heads with each other. That's not the point of soccer. So no. Which is fun. Smashing heads is fun. Isn't for high school kids? They love it. And think of Ohio State, though. Think of Ohio State. Everyone on that team thinks they're going to play in the NFL, right? Or say there's 100 guys on the team. Probably 75 of them think they're at least going to have a shot at playing whatever special teams in the NFL. If you don't have a season and you're a senior or you're a you know good junior and you don't have a season, I mean you're screwed. And you're saying, wait a second, why why am I not playing football? Oh, that's right. This governor or this mayor or this school uh, president dean said, nah, I don't want to take any chances. Take any chances of what? Of what? what? Of a kid getting the flu? 
Well, it's all these uh, high school students, too, who, you know, might have a chance for scholarships. I mean, they're getting that taken away. Not just football. It's every sport, you know. Right. You can't play in Massachusetts. I know how to win you over. Some of those transgender track stars, they're going to lose a chance. I know. It's, it's, it's a shame. <laughs> it's, it's a, a shame. <laughs> well, they were part of the Connecticut protest. Oh, that's wow. right. That's right. Yeah. Connecticut's the, uh, the, you know, the hotbed for transgender the hot, the hotbed for uh, girls track, track stars. Yeah. That's, where they, that's where they all grow up. But yeah. it, but I think, and I tweet about this all the time, and I think people are reaching the breaking point. The rest, you saw a protest in uh, New York a couple of days ago where all the restaurant owners were screaming. What do you mean? Cu- Cuomo's allowing them, Jerry, to have indoor dining to 25% at the end that's of September. That's, that's, like, that's like, that's isn't like that so nice? Thank that's you, like, Governor. That's, He's great. That's like, that's like tickling, you know, tickling you. That's not, that's not getting it done. Can you imagine being a restaurateur? They say 25%. You look around and go, that barely pays for the, you know, electric bill. I need to open up and let people choose yeah, it, 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 whether yeah, they want to take a exactly. chance. It, it, it's fucking insulting and it's, and it's demeaning and it's belittling. And it's, uh, it, it's so like, I, I almost threw up reading that New York times article yesterday about how, you know, Cuomo is throwing restaurants, a lifeboat. He's allowing them to open the indoor capacity at 25%. What kind of fucked up draconian world is that? Or, you know, we thank our governor for allowing us to operate at a quarter capacity at the end of the month. I mean, what, what the fuck is that? And you know that a guy like Cuomo who's writing a book about the coronavirus loves this. He's never had more power. I mean, he loves this. They all like it. I think I'm I'm glad to hear you coming around because I agree. They wake up in the morning with a pup tent in their, pants they're aroused they get to flex their muscles and people beg for crumbs you know uh, charlie baker please let me open 25 please let my people come in my gym one at a time and use the equipment before i go under and and there are thousands and thousands of small businesses that have gone that are done that are gone that never to return and they're all going to be and gone. baker I mean- baker cries charlie baker cries about pretend fishermen makes them up and fake cries doesn't cry about the 5,000 restaurants that have gone under and all those small business people invested their lives in those restaurants. Doesn't give a damn about them. He cares about make pretend fishermen in New Bedford. He'll cry for that. And Cuomo, you know, this alleged liberal, alleged champion of the working people, just sees tens of thousands of business go, uh, go under, under his watch. Doesn't flinch. Does not affect him at all. These are cold, cruel people. Baker. Uh, Lamont, Murphy, Whitmer. Uh, these are these are just real, real awful, awful people. They see this suffering and they do not care because they are aroused by their power, aroused by the by the control they have over our lives. And I'm glad, well, you, I mean, I'm glad you and I can agree on that. Reamer. Well, I mean, but yeah, well, we should though have like a relief. That's my thing. If you close a business is fine for health reasons, but then have a relief package, pay people to stay home, just closing businesses and not giving people money. I've always said is not a solution unless you want a lot of homelessness and uh, unemployment, which we, which we have, you know, all over. New York, so. well, New York is New York done. I'm not sure in my lifetime we'll ever see it come back. People are just bailing. There's a nah, mass exodus out of New York. Businesses, you know, we'll uh, uh, w- wealthy people. Cuomo knows. Cuomo knows his tax base is hitting the road. They're all moving to Florida or Maine or somewhere else. They're moving and, to the Hamptons. It's the never-ending summer in the Hamptons. That's true. It is a never. Well, at least for public employees, if you're a public employee, you work for the state. It is a never-ending vacation. Uh, that's what teachers' unions want: never-ending vacations. But let's get to you know you're you're a big sports guy. I want to get to some I sports. Am? You okay. ready for some sports today? You know what today is? What's today? Today's the first time ever. 
that the uh, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, MLS, and WNBA are all playing today. First time ever. All six leagues. And I don't know about you, but I'm Which one are you going to watch? Well, I'm torn between the MLS and WNBA. I don't know about you, but I don't even I know what. Am. I don't even know which. I wouldn't know what team's playing. I wouldn't know what channel it's on. I don't care about the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, the WNBA, or MLS because football begins tonight. And I'm wondering, and you and I will disagree on this forever, but I'm wondering if the NFL is going to be stupid enough to be to get as obnoxious as the NBA with the protests and the and the and the trigger virtual signaling and the triggering and and everything else. I know they're going to have some stuff on the on the field that says end racism which will probably be very effective. I'm pretty sure once people see that, racism will be gone. Well, that's good. Don't you want to end racism? I mean, who yeah, doesn't well, want course. that? Of yeah, course. And you know what else I want? You know what else I think, Alex? I think Black Lives Matter. Good. All right. Well, okay. I, I, I really – I tweeted this last night. I was watching a great Celtics game, and I was like – I mean, really? Well, Marcus Smart's jersey says freedom on the back of it. So I have to turn this off. See, Too no, much see, politics I like, for me. I like freedom. And I, I'll get Kyle Lowry, I give him credit because I think when you have education reform on your shirt. I, I mean, think you want charter schools. I think my theory is you're mocking the whole concept because you just pick the dumbest thing on the list. Education reform. Like that's really a. You know, a, a, a you know passionate a thing you're passionate about. I don't believe that. I think he just put that on because he said this whole thing is dumb. But uh, it just and I I don't know why you can't understand this, Alex. When you're watching a bunch of guys, some making twenty, thirty million a year, and they're outwardly supporting a violent Marxist political organization oh, that doesn't sit well with some people. Oh. You understand that. Why? Because because you see like equality on the back of an NBA jersey and you break no, just, out in no, 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 no. I mean, these people you know, are snowflakes. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You know, Black Lives Matter is a violent political, it is not a violent Marxist political organization. Violent Marxist, Marxist political organization. Correct. Okay. Correct. I mean, don't you get some irony though? I mean, to go back quickly to Woodward. So Trump is telling us about how bad, you know, Marxism, Black Lives Matter. His only friend is Kim Jong Un, a violent communist dictator. I mean, so how does how does that couple? I really don't think they're friends. He's Your he's, Excellency. He's busy <laughs> making peace in the Middle East. He doesn't even care about him. Those anymore. are the letters but, we read each other. But, but no, I mean, no. Black Lives Matter is look. I, I, look we it's if you are turning off these great games because you can't handle something being painted on a court, then you are weak. To celebrate week one of the football season, DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action with two shots. At a $1 million top prize. So get in on all the action now. Don't wait. Making it rain with DraftKings is easy. Draft your team, stay under the salary cap, and pile up the points for yards, touchdowns, and so much more. On top of that amazing offer, DraftKings is giving away a share of up to $100 million in prizes to all the users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. With all this cash up for grabs, there's no better place to get in all the action than with DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code JERRY to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize. And for a limited time, get your share of $100 million in prizes once you enter DraftKings' free survivor pool, that's promo code Jerry, Jerry with a G, to get in on all the action for a limited time only at DraftKings. 
Minimum $5 deposit required. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. If you're the commissioner or if you're an owner, you uh, dread this. Um, here's the problem is um, I watched the overtimes because I was on Twitter and someone said, oh, it's overtime and then double and I put it on. That's the first NBA action I've watched this summer. Well, you're and depriving was, yourself. It was great. No, it was great. And But I'm not I wasn't not watching because of the, you know, the things on the back of the jerseys. But it just didn't, I don't know, the whole thing. In the middle of summer, the bubble, it just didn't seem all that appealing. It was last night. That was a great double overtime. There's some great, great plays, action, scoring. I mean, both teams were scoring every time up the floor. Lowry just hit the most clutch shot, and it forced a game seven. And I I love all game sevens. Game sevens are great, so I'll watch that tomorrow, But or at least some of it. Uh, but you don't find – you don't see why – some people in America, some people who are casual fans, fringe fans, turn that on and turn it off. Just say no. enough. Um, I hate the concept of that we need an escape. An escape. An escape. What? I mean, I, I, the whole idea of oh, please let me escape. But they do feel like I've had enough Black Lives Matter. Just give me a. Give me it's a not problem. accurate. It's just not true. Nobody gives a f- like. No, it's not bothering anybody. Well, the ratings are terrible. Matter. Yeah, but it's, the ratings are terrible because of what's going on in the world. It feels juvenile to watch sports. Like, it's a, it it's a weird thing that just – I'm not saying people overly think it either. It's just there's other shit going on in the world right now. That's a good it's point. It's weird like, to watch fucking NBA players who are trapped in one location in Disney World or wherever the fuck they are. It just feels strange. It has nothing to do with what's on their journey. That, that, that is a good point. It does feel insignificant. So maybe – I should look at it as an escape and say, oh, get away from the real world. But then if you think of it that way, and then they suddenly they're saying, you know, uh, Brianna Taylor, Justice, and you're saying, what? What? I just want to watch basketball. Hold on. They're saying now Justice for Brianna Taylor in the post-game interviews. If you watch – so that's the thing. If you actually like the games, if you're a basketball fan or a football fan – how does what LeBron James says after the game is over affect your enjoyment of the game itself? Because you it, don't, because it makes him less likable. You don't like. Well, well, don't you like to root against LeBron? I mean, haven't we? Yes, doing I that do now. Like I didn't years? used to, but I do now. But but here's here, uh, tonight. We don't know what's going to happen. We know lots of guys will kneel, and we know it'll say end racism. So, well, who cares? So they kneel. But, but, I mean, that that, that to but, me is at, at this okay. point that is like trite. I mean, so I mean they kneel. I okay, mean, I, I know you love that. You love Kaepernick. You hate America. We've already I established do. that. The Madden know. rating wasn't high enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm he's, very fired up about that. Are you going to have him on your Madden team? I am. Yeah, he's my starting you, quarterback. Yeah, I, uh, they show him raising the fist, right? Yeah. Do they show him kneeling? My question is: Is he going to? Are they going to see? That's another him? celebration. Oh, it is. Okay. The kneel down is his big uh, move. He's he's rated as highly as Ben Roethlisberger, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Colin Kaepernick. He's rated went, higher than Kyler Murray, Jerry. Higher than Jared Goff, he's a Super great. Bowl quarterback. Um, and and you get this loser who went one and ten in his last eleven games. Anyway, we can get to Kaepernick because you love him and I hate him, and that's always fun. But anyway. Just pretend you're an actual, you know, reporter here, a media critic, and you're okay. watching it, observing it objectively. You don't see why, if you're the owner, the commissioner, you're saying, "Good guys, can we just play? Can we get past this?" If they all start taking a knee, if the names, uh, as far as we know, the NFL is just going to have names on the back of the helmets, right? I haven't heard I, any different. Yeah. Uh, no, because I don't think because if I'm an owner, if you're offended at again names on the back of a helmet, I don't want you anyway. 
I mean, well, it's you, not offended. I guess it is offended, but it's turned off like uh, enough of this. I'm sick of these, this obnoxious, uh, What's obnoxious? virtual. They're wearing thing. A few slogans are painted on courts and fields. What's what's so in your face about it? Oh, I'll I don't tell you even what. notice it. I'll tell you what. You didn't notice. You don't notice it in the NBA in the back of the jersey. It looks ridiculous. Black Lives Matter is too long. The words are too long. So that's so that's goes, why we're it goes so, like up up the guy's back and then down the other side. I, I don't know. You guys are also you know <laughs> fastidious about this stuff. But I mean it, but that that's why you're not watching the NBA because the Black Lives Matter. It looks weird on the jersey. I, I do. Uh, you want to say offended? I do find it obnoxious that a bunch of guys making twenty, twenty five, thirty million a year are 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 supporting a violent Marxist mm. political organization. Right. You're just going to have to live with that. Right. that By wearing that, slogans that say like vote on the back of their jerseys. That's very uh, violent. 20% of them aren't, I mean, 80% of them aren't even registered to vote and they're telling me to vote. You don't have to worry about it. I will vote. Uh, I think, unfortunately, well, I, will, I think yeah. lots of, lots of them will not vote. They'll, of course, they'll all be trapped in Orlando election. <laughs> Bobby good. They can maybe swing Florida to Biden. Register That's them in Florida. That's there you go. Point. Early I vote. I like I like Trump's chances in Florida. I think uh, I think Biden has lost the Latino vote, or at least a large percentage of Latino vote. But I want to go back to this because it's tonight, and I think the the ratings will be really good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best show in sports, in my opinion. Watching him play is a pleasure. But uh, and I think people will turn in tune in early. I mean, it's a it's a whatever eight twenty five kickoff, but people want to see what's going to happen. I'm curious. I assume there'll be a bunch of kneelers. There'll be a bunch of guys that have uh, Jacob Blake's a, a, a accused rapist and a violent felon. Oh, they'll, have, they'll have his name on the back of their helmets, but I'm not sure what else they can do. I mean, um, maybe, you know what might happen? Maybe the, the ref will like kick out, you know, Andy Reed, if he doesn't have a mask on. <laughs> well, that- Andy Reed is high risk. Andy Reid is definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure he should be coaching this year, to be honest uh, with you. Billy O'Brien kicked Billy O'Brien out for not having a mask, which was the most absurd thing in the history of sports. Joe West kicking Mike Rizzo out of a game when he was in the luxury box alone without a mask, and the and this obese umpire kicks him out of the stadium, I guess, or kicks him. I guess he went back to his office and watched it on TV, but it was just such a. Right, he went back inside the luxury box. Right, right, and just <laughs> sat down and said, "Okay, I won't go out there," but. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it to believe it. Joe West kicking Rizzo out of the game. But tonight um, is, I, I think, Sunday. I'm more curious. Sunday, I'm more curious because I've been predicting that everyone's going to kneel on the first day, including Brady and, and Breeze. Uh, that will bother lots of people in America if Brady and Breeze both take a knee for the anthem. It will. I know, I know you'll love it. Again, you'll love it. We all know you hate it. You hate America. You hate the country. You hate the anthem. But lots of people don't, Alex, and they're not going to like it. Okay, 2016 was a great year. I mean, if you're still bothered by kneeling four years later, I mean, you need to find a new hobby. I think I mean, I, I, things have a, changed, Alex. Things have changed a little bit in this country. People are aware now that Black Lives Matter is uh, is uh, violent, and they are okay. Uh, so, 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 so Tom Brady by kneeling during the anthem to show solidarity with his black teammates is somehow supporting Black Lives Matter. Tom Brady, I think. I mean, you know him better than I do. Is the most apolitical guy out there if he does kneel it would be to just so support for his black teammates and what's wrong with that isn't that a good thing having your teammates backs uh you know what i want to get to i want to get 
to Brady and the most and 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 you're right. I've followed him. I don't know him obviously, but I've followed him very well, you, closely. You guys have exchanged emails. Yes, we have. We've yeah. uh, exchanged emails and there you go. You know, we how's the kids that kind of thing. Right, exactly. But, what kind of car does he drive? One He was driving an Audi A8 when he got T-boned in uh, Boston that day. Uh and and Miss Pratt, he was you know, called us and then some guy right. slammed into him. But I anyway. heard Jeff Benedict told you yeah, last week the that book. was the, the biggest that. scoop ever. I'm like, really? That's the best you got. <laughs> yeah. like, that's like, um, I, I want to get to this. One of the strangest things I've ever seen Brady do. And that's saying something with you, Alex. And I need to get your take on this because not this hasn't got a lot of attention. You were willing to give Tom Brenneman um, a second life, a life. Whatever. I am. Uh, you know, throw him a life preserver, right. which which is very very big of you. Yeah, uh, I'm, like, I'm like Cuomo. I'm allowing the restaurants to open at 10 percent capacity. <laughs> but I'm giving Tom let, him, let him do minor league games. I'll let him something. do minor. Maybe if he shows, if he shows enough contrition, yeah, we could do high school baseball. Yes, I need your take on the Charlotte Hornet announcer because that could be the most outrageous canceling of anyone I've ever seen, and nobody's defending him. But we'll do that after I tell you about Shake Concrete. Shake Concrete, this is for you homeowners and you home builders. Do you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps, the best in the business? Uh, you probably knew that. Whether you're building a new home you're trying to, or you're planning on replacing the stairs in your old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, you can customize your steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. I'm a stone guy, a bluestone guy. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. It's not even like spending the money. It's investing the money in your home because you'll get it back to the other end. Your home will look better, be worth more if you get some new steps. In most cases, they can remove the old crappy steps and have you walking up new front steps within hours. Just make the call, get online. They will do the rest. Learn more about Shay's precast concrete steps at shayconcrete.com. And also check out the precast podcast, the best podcast in the precast business. You can learn all about what Shay can do for you and your business. And you can learn all about the business of Precast Concrete. All of that at shakeconcrete.com. All right. The um, uh, the Brady thing. No, I, had to watch, I had to watch this twice. It was online. Brady is in the middle of the most important preseason, no preseason games, but he's preparing for his new team. Nobody is under the under scrutiny like Tom Brady heading into this season. Maybe Mahomes, but I mean – he is the face of the NFL. He's 43. It's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. And online yesterday, and I assume it's somewhere, I don't know, probably on TV somewhere, but is this, this commercial for a, a line of eyeglasses. <laughs> like Tom Brady endorsed eyeglasses. And I'm watching him going, this is what he's doing with his whatever his time after uh, – or maybe it was before he reported to camp, but he's selling eyeglasses. Just I, sometimes when he sells stuff, I find it so strange because he and his wife have, you know, three quarters of a billion dollars and his time is very valuable. And somehow he has time to sell to Hawk. I, I mean, who cares what kind of, what brand eyeglasses you get? Huh? Don't you just try them on if they feel good and look good? You buy them. You don't say, Ooh, are those Tom Brady glasses? <laughs> Well, are they like are, are they luxury eyeglasses? Because I don't know. Let's uh, let's let Colin A and see if he can play this 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 spot because it was just weird. If you're gonna design anything, it's got to be with a purpose. It's about putting your values into what you make and doing it for the right reasons. For me, long-term health and well-being is the starting point for just about everything. 
We all look at screens for hours every day, and that takes a major toll on our vision and quality of sleep. But the blue light lenses in this eyewear protect against all of that. It's really the same thing with the health of our planet. It may seem small in the grand scheme of things, but it was important to all of us from the start that these frames be made from biodegradable material. And of course, you want something that you love. Something stylish, that you feel good wearing. I've always been drawn to minimalist, timeless designs. Details, precision, craftsmanship. Which made this partnership with Christopher Kluse a no-brainer. And now, they're yours. You know, Here we go. Weird. <laughs> he looks good in them. I can't help but laugh. Yeah, he, 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 he looks good in them, though, does he not? He looks good in anything, Alex, but he looks like Clark Kent in that. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, he like looks Clark very Kent, good in that. But, but, but we can play the spot where he says, you know, he's passionate about eyeglasses. It was he just, is. He always he has is. been. You're right. He's weird. He is weird. I, well, I, I think the weirder thing from him this week was that, like, letter that he wrote his parents from training camp. I know that was, like, an Instagram thing, but, like, that was a little chi- strange. A little, yeah, 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 dear mom and dad, camp is winding down. It's been a hot summer, but I've gotten a nice tan, and I like to play football. I mean, what? So I can't complain. And he's underdogs and underdog Sunday for the first time in five years, which is interesting. And everybody's going to – I mean, Brady is the biggest draw in sports right now, at least at the beginning. Seeing him in a Bucks uniform, seeing him in the NFC is going to be strange, and it's going to be uh, great TV, at least for a week or two. Maybe, you know, if, he, if he's winning, if he beats Breeze, if he wins the first few games, it'll just build and he doesn't get hurt which, you know, I'm sort of expecting at some point 43-year-old guys get hurt. I hate to say it, but I feel like we might see Brady have a little – have a rough first season in the NFC, but we'll see. I'm rooting for him. If you if – you, do you think there's any chance that Brady gets a better TV rating in New England than the Patriots-Dolphins Sunday? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not, I don't no think chance? So. Uh, no, I don't think there's a chance of that. Because, no. I mean, I think – Dolphins is not a good – that's not a sexy matchup, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If Tua were a quarterback, it would be different. With Ryan Fitzpatrick against against uh, Cam Newton, it's not that exciting. But Newton is. Newton on his own is kind of a, a good box office draw. Brady Breeze oh, is great. Huge number nationally, right? A huge number nationally. But, I mean, I, we've talked this before. I think there's really no love for Tom Brady in New England anymore. I, I think people have moved on entirely. They're you think they're rooting them. against him? I like they're rooting against him. I just don't think they care that much, to be honest. Now, maybe that changes if the Patriots start, like, 0-4. But right. it's going to be such a weird season anyway because there's no fans either. So, like, how would we even know if the Patriots do, suffer in popularity? I guess we would know from TV ratings. Have but, you- I mean – I know you write about the media, sports media. Have you written about this plan? Because there, uh, there's going to be some fans in some stadiums, right? Kansas Not- City tonight, there'll be like sixteen thousand fans. I think sixteen thousand. Yeah. So some, and and which gives some places uh, more of a home field advantage than others, because you know, like like Gretchen Whitmer is not going to allow the Lions to have fans, right? No, those poor Lions. If only, <laughs> if only they had fans, they would. Uh, you know. uh, but. But um, they're going to have some networks have said they will not have fake crowd noise. Noise. Others said they will. Um, I read yesterday that the Jets are going to be allowed to play, or the the network will play the the, the J E T S chant, like in canned, like in pre recorded. So you're going to someone will hit a button and you'll hear J E T S. Right. Fire, Fireman Ed will not be there. 
No, maybe a hologram of Fireman Ed. I read okay. uh, I read that Goodell like opinion piece in the Washington Post last night. Can somebody explain to me how wearing a mask at coin toss matters when they're about to play a football game with no mask on? You know it doesn't. It's, that, it's, that, it's, they're going to be required to wear masks. Yeah, only one person, only one person up at the coin toss, and they have oh, to really? wear a mask. Yes. There's so many silly precautions. I mean, that are well, just... it's well, it's performative. It's performative. Uh, you know, it's performative. That's true. Yeah. What does that mean again? Performative. Per- performative. It's just. It's just for the. Per- it's just for the performance. I mean, obviously, oh. it makes no difference. It's just but, showing uh, a message to to showcase the importance of wearing a mask in today's world. I'm, well, I mean, it's the same thing. Like you go to a restaurant, right? You don't wear a mask when you sit down because the virus doesn't interrupt the dinner. But if you go up to go to the bathroom, you have to wear the mask, which is fine. I do it, but it's all. It's a lot of this mask wearing is just. You know, performative. it's performative. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I tell you what else is performative is uh, Tom Brenneman. He's the Cincinnati Reds announcer. He used the F word for uh, the short F word, the gay slur, talking about some city they were going to. It's the F capital, and we thought it was San Francisco, but whatever. It's city doesn't matter. He said it on a live mic. He thought he was not. He thought he was off mic. Immediately, he knew his life was over. He issued an apology. He got kicked out of the booth, didn't even finish the game, got suspended immediately from all his gigs, and he was a very busy, well-regarded play-by-play guy. Now, he's still trying to get off the mat. He's still begging uh, to get his life back, and people like Steve Buckley and Alex Reamer are willing to give him another chance. Of course, he said it's the first time he's ever used that word, which is kind of hard to believe. Strange time to use it. Strange time to break that out for the first time. <laughs> but, but you know, it is still just a word. And if he pays his penance and, he, and he, he's met with LBGTQ uh, community leaders or whatever, right. and he's, he's willing to do me. anything, anything. You're willing to let him go back to work, correct? Yeah, but he has to show, you know, my thing has always been he has to show a genuine uh, effort to, you know, be an ally to the community. Because I always say the F word to a gay person is like the six letter N word to a black person. If Tom Brennan was caught saying the N word on a live mic, he'd be, I done. Don't, he'd be done. And I think that this, a similar standard should apply to the F word. So it's a terrible word. See, I disagree. You're wrong. And you admitted it to me a couple of weeks ago. You said you used that word when you were high well, Right, right. But, I mean, but you it, didn't use the N word. You used I did the not. I'm only because of social norms. I mean, it was a thing right. that was just thrown around, but it shouldn't be part of the lexicon anymore. He okay. said it in a workplace. I don't believe him that it's the first time he said it. Um, I would like to see some actual work on Tom Brenneman's part. But, you know, I, I think he's doing the right things. I mean, he's meeting with the leaders and he's he's certainly putting in the time, it seems like. You read the New York Post article. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, I think he should. Because, again, it's all about education. You know, if Tom Brenneman walks away from this with a much better understanding of why that word hurts, and th- then that's a good thing. That's that's better than just firing somebody and, you know. And, and again, the double standard of the different rules for different people is just so incredible to me. Like Nick Cannon is going back to work on radio. He didn't never lost his masked singer gig, but he's getting his radio show back. Nick Cannon, however, whether you like him or not, said the single most offensive things you'll you will ever hear. He said white people were savages, were like animals, and I mean, he, it, it was a long. You know, uh, wealth. Oh, not well. Uh, uh, a long diatribe, and it was as racist as it gets, as offensive as it gets. He was dumped initially from his uh, podcast and his whatever it is, serious gig. But he got it all back. Nick Cannon got it all back. If he's, you know, white guy, he, that never happens. I mean, he just goes away. He's like Michael Richards. You never see him again. You never hear from him again. 
my, so Nick Cannon's back at work. Keep that in mind. Who said white people were like savages. They were like animals. Uh, and he went on this bizarre Farrakhan rant about melatonin in the color of your skin makes you superior, really bizarre racist stuff. He's fine now. You know, he had support from a bunch of celebrities, Dwayne Wade and others, and he's fine. A guy named John Falk, F-O-C-K-E. The poor guy has gone through life with that name, like the Falkers. John Falk was a Charlotte Hornets announcer. First year, I think he was one year in, and he tweeted some mindless play-by-play guy tweet about how much, how great the game was that he was watching. And he and it was uh, the whatever it was Hornets and no, it wasn't Hornets. Somebody in the Jazz and Nuggets. And instead of typing Nuggets, he typed the uh-huh. N word. Obviously, it was a mistake. Obviously, he didn't do it on purpose. Nobody believes he did it on purpose. He got fired. He got fired. And you know what, Alex? He will not recover. It was not even a news story. It's like the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Jordan's team, just said this guy made a mistake, typed the wrong word. Obviously, he didn't type it on purpose. He made a mistake. Well, wait, just, wait, he didn't type it on purpose. Because even if he, <laughs> you, even if it was, you know, David Duke, he's not going to type that word and tweet about it when he's tweeting about the action in an NBA game. It was like, boy, I mean, we can uh, get the actual tweet, but it was like, boy, great action in this Nuggets game. And he typed the N-word by mistake. And he, and he felt bad. He apologized and he begged for mercy. And Michael Jordan said, screw him. Can you just explain to me, play, you know, play along. Tell me you're the GM of the, the Hornets or the owner, Michael Jordan. What's the rationale? What's the argument for firing a guy who, who typed the wrong word? The rationale, I guess, would be, so um, this was an autocorrect. If you're autocorrecting nuggets to the N-word, that means you're probably typing the N-word often right into your phone so so the logic is we think he may have done it in the past because the, it's autocorrecting to the end where that's a commonly used phrase for this guy i think is that how it works because i tweeted yeah. about how ridiculous this was and a bunch of people said they defended the decision to fire him for typing the wrong word what if he said i will hand the phone over to you michael jordan you yes can go through all my texts you can go through all my uh tweets if I ever typed that word before, then you could fire me. Wouldn't that be a fair deal? It would be right. Like Adele wanted Brady's phone years ago, right? And Jordan right. should have asked for this guy's phone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's definitely silly. Um, but uh, that's my only explanation. You know, maybe he types it a lot. And uh, maybe he's an a-hole anyway. And they're waiting for <laughs> to get rid of him. That's not a good argument saying maybe he's an a-hole. He just typed... He made a mistake and his life is over. He can't get another job. You know that. You know that no one else is going to hire him to play by play. One America, the One American News Network might be hiring. Because, but, but what? I mean, I don't think the guy did it on purpose. I don't think there's any evidence that he typed it in the past. White supremacy is on the rise. It's just, and, and you're laughing, you're kidding. But I, I mean, I think the guy's life is over. He's ruined, and he gets to sit back with nothing to do except watch Nick Cannon. <laughs> on on TV, Nick Cannon, who said white people are animals. <laughs> Just I I you know I don't I like to know the rules. I like to have one standard for everybody. I guess that's pie in the sky, right? That's never going to happen. Well, I mean the, the Nick Cannon thing. Uh, didn't he retract his statements, right, or something? Or? I don't think so. Well, no, I, mean, I think he did. Wade, I know Dwayne Wade did, and Deshaun Jack. Yeah, there was yeah. a whole there was a whole spell like for two weeks where. We had a lot of anti-Semitism flying around. And then- well, we have it again since uh, uh, Kamala Harris went to visit Jacob Blake Sr. Oh, stop. 
Uh, stop what? Oh, what, Jacob Kam- Kamala Harris is anti-Semitic. Is that what you're going to tell me? No, Jacob Blake Sr. is a vile anti-Semite. How do you know? I've seen his posts. I mean, oh, you got to read up. You got to read up, Alex. You're part Jewish. This yeah. should bother you that the next, the most important Let vice president, most important vice presidential candidate ever, went to visit Jacob Blake Sr., an anti-Semite by any standard, a wild Farrakhan uh, disciple and Jew hater. And Jacob Blake Jr., an accused rapist who terrorized the, the mother of his children, who, who uh, raped her in real disgusting fashion, who took her keys, who took her car, who resisted arrest, who reached for a knife. She met, met with those two people and said they're an incredible family, and she's proud of them. It's just, And no one bats an eye. I guess anti-Semitism isn't really a big deal anymore. It's, there's, we're not you – know, racism is out and homophobia is out, but anti-Semitism is not so bad. That's the way, the way but I no, I mean, look, I, I, I would say that again, the Jacob Blake thing, like again, he was shot seven times in the back. Okay. He was unarmed he and was his kids were in the car. His kids were in the car. And I don't think the officers and they were shooting him seven times in the back really were knew that about his father's Facebook posts or knew about yeah, his but, previous. But Kamala, Kamala knows about it. She goes, and- does she, how does she know about it? Because I, I don't know think she about does. it. I mean, yeah, I but she doesn't. But she doesn't. But she doesn't read like Gateway Pundit like you do. I, I don't think she that should. she should. It's good. Good. I mean, um, you can't lionize Jacob Blake Jr. or Senior. You just. I'm not lionizing any of them. I'm just saying, why does a man need to be shot seven times in the back like he that? He was reaching for a knife. That's okay. Why. But but, yeah. but I, I don't think that the I don't think that endangered the kids. It's not the cops' fault that the when father, this when this was was doing resisting arrest. They tased him. It didn't work. I mean, he's a violent felon. He was a violent fugitive. You know why? You know why this is going to get worse before it gets better? Because the cops aren't aren't going to get charged. That's what I. Um, if they do, they're not going to get convicted. And if, um, like the cops in Atlanta, the the, the cop in Atlanta who shot Rayshad Brooks, if he gets acquitted, of course the the DA was looking for the death penalty, which is absurd. Then you're gonna have another round of violence. Well, if, just I mean, not a bit of Derek Chauvin gets acquitted because uh, because George Floyd was on fentanyl, and I don't want to see no. that. I don't think that should happen. But if it does, you're just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. They overcharged him. Keith Ellison overcharged him. Um, it just feels like if you're in anti for Black Lives Matter, the violence so far has worked. You have you it has succeeded, and you're gonna do it again. Because you don't pay much of a price, God knows. You know, the, most of the rioters are in and out of jail in ten minutes and pay no royal price. Price, as we learned from that Reinhold scumbag who uh, shot the Trump supporter, he got busted with a gun at a riot a month ago, a month earlier, and they let him walk five minutes later. Oh, it's like Kyle Rittenhouse, who police were showering him with water and in good cheer before he, you know, killed two people. Or he uh, protected himself, saved, right. uh, defended himself. Yeah, how about that? That's a good one. Rittenhouse, they're going to drop the charges. They're charging with first degree. They will drop the charges and he will walk out of jail. Then what? I can't believe you're supporting uh, domestic terrorism. Am I? How am I doing that? By supporting Kyle Rittenhouse. Alex, if you've seen the video, it's class. It's dictionary definition of of self-defense. I mean, they're about to smash him in the head with a skateboard. One guy, another guy, the guy whose arm he shot had a gun and he was ready to shoot him. Yeah, I mean, he's it. he's walking. He was he was getting he was getting stuff thrown at him. No, he was getting he was about to be shot dead. 
there's no chance you convict Kyle Rittenhouse. And the fact that they're trying is is a mistake because when he walks, hell, Antifa's already like made it clear they want to get him. They're going to get him. They want to get him in jail. Uh, but he's going to walk and it's going to get bad because right now the people, the violent agitators feel like what they're doing is working and there's no reason to let up now. It's too bad. But anyway, you got any good... Uh, any good stuff you're working on? Have you written anything worth reading? I always write every everything is worth reading that I write, Jerry. There's no doubt about that. I will see about the NFL. I'm thinking of a good NFL com, a good NFL take before the big opening. Are you are you hoping that is a lot of kneelers tonight? Are you hoping? Uh, I think kneeling is passe at this point. So if you kneel, hey, what sure. Do you, what do you want to do, do more? I, I want to see a total. Anthem. I want to see the anthem being stop being played in general. If these, if yeah, but these, aren't they playing the black anthem as well as the white anthem? Uh, what is the black anthem? I don't know. It's some. I never even heard of it. But that's part of the plan. They're going to play the black anthem. I want every player to raise their fist after they do a touchdown, like Kaepernick and Madden. Yeah. Well, that's the only time we'll see Kaepernick because he's afraid to suit up and actually play. He's afraid he'll embarrass himself. It's too bad. It'd be a great, great story. That's one thing we can all agree on. We would love to see Colin Kaepernick. Under center once again. What's your what's Uncle. your super, what's your Super Bowl pick, Jerry? You love My su- uh, Patriots Bucks Brady what? against Belichick. That's crazy, unbelievable. Uh, I just I, uh, I, I got an alert that Tom Brady is a guest on a podcast today that I listened to on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert, an hour and a half with Tom Brady. Who's that? Listening. Who's Dak Shepard? You don't Dak know Dak Shepard. He's married to Kristen Bell. He's a fantastic podcast. He's a, he's a rehab guy, a former whatever drug addict. Great interviewer. Great interviewer. And he's he's. Kind of like Joe Rogan light, you know, long interviews, celebrities yes. like him. I just, I, clicked, I just clicked I'm, it very quickly. And, and the first thing that comes out of debt, well, I clicked like halfway through. The first thing I hear him say is uh, the thing I like about you, Tom, is you don't use your mega horn like everybody else does. As if Tom Brady doesn't preach his healthy living on everybody he can. That's what he says. Yeah. yeah it's the first. Yeah, thing. They're both kind of self-help kind of guys. Yeah. And they'll just uh, sit there and talk about how. You know how we all have to live healthier lives. And- well, we do, but I mean, Brady. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, I, I've kind of heard it all from Tom Brady, haven't you? I mean, what more is there? I've heard it all, but we haven't seen it all. We've never seen him play in another uniform. We never. No, seen I agree. I, without, I'm, without I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by him playing with the Bucks this year, but I'm not fascinated by another long Tom Brady interview. Are you? No, and in fact, no. It's not. I mean, um. I'm going to listen to Joe Rogan with Mike Tyson. That's one thing I'm playing for the weekend. Although I've mentioned have, this before. Have, how long is it? Do you have four what's, hours? What's the, what's the guy's name again? Uh, Joe Rogan last week sat down with a comedian, Russell, something Russell. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy's name. Yeah, yep. And um, I, I mentioned this the other day, Alex, but the the interview is five hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> five hours and 20 minutes with um, – I'm um, looking at uh, Tyson's only two hours. Tyson's only two hours and thirteen minutes. That's a brief one for uh, for Rogan, but um, Duncan Russell—that's the guy's name. Oh, okay, yep. Five hours and twenty minutes, and it gets you know a lot of downloads, a lot of listens. Duncan Trussell, I'm sorry, Duncan Trussell, five hours and twenty minutes. How do you? How does that work? It must be bathroom breaks or something, right? I mean, they're also they have great stamina, like camels. I think. Well, I don't think it's live, so they, you know, obviously can take all the breaks they want. But I mean, how how could anyone be that interesting? <laughs> I mean, you're right. Tom Brady's not an hour and a half interesting. He's just not. Unless I mean, at this point, right? Unless he's saying something new, which I'm sure he's not. I'm sure it's all about healthy living and you know drinking your electrolytes and 
It's, admir- it's admirable to not give a shit, though. Like, Jerry texts me every day about how long a podcast should be and what time we should upload and all this stuff. No, I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I mean, nobody knows. Nobody knows the ideal length. Nobody knows the ideal time that it should know, the ideal frequency. There's nobody I've talked to in the business who says, here's how it has to be done, which is good. You're right. Rogan breaks convention and does strange things and just keeps working for him. And maybe, you know what? Maybe I will listen to Dax and Tom because I've never heard, I've never heard Dax's uh, podcast either, but it's very, very popular. But anyway, it's fantastic. Yes. Anyway, uh, it's not quite as popular as out sports. It is not. What's your podcast called again on out sports? Sports Kiki. It's a great sports name. Kiki. Yes. That's uh, all about all about gay guys in sports, right? I interviewed a, a gay talk show host a couple weeks ago. Another one. I found him. Really? Yeah. Well, he's a producer on WIP, and he was talking. He was. I was nice. I made him feel like he's an equal to me. He was like, "Yeah, you know, we were both doing crazy <laughs> shit on the air." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we were." <laughs> We're doing the same thing. He was telling bathhouse stories too. Who knew? Oh, great. So if you want to hear that, you can find it at Outsports. You can also read Alex at Forbes.com and many, Magazine many other and all places. sorts of places. Our hardest commie in the business. All right, Alex, I appreciate it, bud. We will talk to you again next week. See you. Well. And uh, thanks to Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. And thanks to DCU. And thanks to all our wonderful sponsors. You can support us by supporting them. We really appreciate it. Anything else, Colin? Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, how about like 25 by Monday? Will that work? Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, they don't shadow ban them and remove yeah. any. They're, because, doing uh, weird, they're doing weird things to us, but we're watching it. We're, know, watching messing Apple. we're fighting the man. So support us because we are fighting big tech censorship. We're taking them all on. And uh, we'll be watching uh, all the NFL action on the weekend. And a re- we'll be recapping it on Monday. Uh, I will. Seriously, I'm curious. I'm going to watch the Patriots. I'm going to watch the Bucks. I'm going to watch the kneeling. I'm going to watch the the uh, the fists in the air, and it's going to be an interesting sport. It feels like sports is back finally. And this NBA and MLB that doesn't really count. Football is back. Sports is back. We're looking forward to it. We'll be watching. We'll be talking about it on Monday. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you then. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.